Welcome to Dear 20-something. I'm Erica, and I'm a 20-something social entrepreneur who is navigating the ups and downs of being in my 20s. Dear 20-something started because we wanted to create a space for ambitious and curious 20-somethings to connect with the successful woman they most look up to. While the 20s can be a time full of questions and doubts we process internally, Dear 20-something is a space where listeners can hear insights, ask questions, and ultimately get advice from the woman they most admire. Today on the show, I am so excited to be chatting with Beatrice Dixon. Beatrice is the co-founder and CEO of The Honey Pot Company. An empowering black female entrepreneur, Beatrice has been a recipient of the Sundial and Unilever's multi-million dollar New Voices Fund, was one of the first 40 women of color to raise over 1 million in venture capital, and has been featured in T-Pain School of Business, the BuzzFeed Ladylike series, the Today Show, CNN, the New York Times, Entrepreneur L, and Essence, just to name a few. When Beatrice was younger, she had been suffering with bacterial vaginosis for eight months, when one night an ancestor appeared to her in a dream and provided her with a list of ingredients to heal herself. From that visionary dream, the formula for a powerful and effective herb-powered vaginal wash was created. In 2014, Beatrice launched the Honey Pot Company, a plant-derived vaginal wellness line created with the goal of providing humans with healthy alternatives to traditional feminine care products that are free of unwanted chemicals, carcinogens, and sulfates. The rest is history. Through her diverse background and experience, Dixon continues to make a mark in the world of natural health and retail with a truly revolutionary approach to feminine health and sexual wellness. I can't wait to chat with her and share her story with you now on Dear 20-something. Please welcome Beatrice Dixon. Hi, Erica. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Fireside. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Awesome. So we like to start every show with a fun and light question. So what is something new you learned this week? It could be um, a new business you're excited about, maybe a conversation you had that was really interesting, or a book or article you read, something new that you learned this past week. Oh, I need to think about that. I came to Amsterdam this week to visit with my brother. And actually, you know one thing that I learned? I learned that my nephew, London, is just starting to talk, which is really beautiful. You know, I've heard him say like five or six clear words this week. And that's new because I haven't been around him because he lives in Amsterdam now. I haven't been able to come because the country's been locked down. As soon as it opened up, I got here. I came. That's so exciting. Well, I'm glad you made it. So what else have you been up to in Amsterdam besides family time? Walking around, going to really dope bookstores, shopping, meeting new people, you know, just I'm working a lot of the time, (laughs) you know, Um, it's like two o'clock in the morning here. So, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this. I've, I've done a few podcasts today. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm being, you know? Yeah, definitely. And thanks for staying up until 2am to do this interview with us. I really appreciate it. So I can imagine working in Amsterdam right now, it must be difficult with time change, right? And you must be on off schedules. I'm definitely on off schedules. I, I didn't think that part through. But even if I did think it through, I would have probably just been like, fuck it. I'm just going to go, you know, so I'm happy that I came. Awesome. And yeah. is this the brother that you started the honeypot with? Yeah, Simon. Yeah. So I'm sure it's it's amazing personally, but professionally, it's probably good to get that face-to-face time too. 
It is. It's nice. Normally he's coming back and forth to Atlanta. So it's nice to come here. I love that. Well, I hope you keep enjoying your Amsterdam vacation. It sounds lovely. So we're going to start by taking it back to the very beginning. So when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor and more specifically an anesthesiologist. One of the reasons, because that was the doctor that made, one of the doctors that made the most money. (laughs) Not a bad reason, not a bad reason. (laughs) But no, but then, you know, I, I thought that there was something to the person it's really interesting to me because when when an anesthesiologist puts you under, you know, you're you're almost going into you're not dead, but you're you're at a level of unconsciousness and that was always really interesting to me, you know, to be the person that is one like one of the biggest conduits for you for you being able to go into surgery or to do whatever it is that you have to do to get that done you know, to be able to be out, to get that done, to be able to be healed, you know, that, that, that function is such an important function to health. And so I, it it was always something that I was interested in, but then I realized that it was going to take forever for me to go to school for that. And then I, it, you know, it, it wasn't as appealing, um, you know, but that was what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, and I think in some level, I wanted to be in business because, I was like in future business leaders of America when I was in high school and I was like voted most likely to succeed and all those types of things. I was in speech club, you know, I just did stuff like that. So I think I thought that I wanted to be a doctor, but then when you look at the actions of the, of the clubs that I joined, I actually probably really wanted to be in business. Absolutely. And in a lot of ways, what you do now is very healing, right? You know, you provide products that heal people's issues, their physical and health issues. So you've sort of combined the doctor route and the business route, if you ask me. So right, right. Tell me more about the Future Business Leaders of America program. I know that's what you did in high school. What was that like for you? Did that open your eyes to business? Or do you feel like at that stage, you probably didn't even really realize you wanted to do business, you were still set on becoming a doctor? I just was interested in it. And if I'm honest, I don't even really fully remember like all of the programs that we did and the things that we did, but I was interested in it. And I did it over a couple of years, like my, I think in my junior and senior year of high school, you know, so it was something that I was really, really, really interested in, but I can't remember. I I don't remember all the things that we did. Um, just because I, if I'm honest, I don't have the space in my brain to remember shit like that, but you know, like some of the words you learn, yeah. they probably pop up at random times. You don't even expect it is, it, it, it is subconscious when you look at where I've, where I've ended up. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I did that until my mom pulled up some of my, you know, some of my books that I had in school and, you know, just some of the kind of the memorabilia that she had. She, she was looking at things and going through some of her old papers and and she reminded me, like, I, I, I'd never even thought about it, you know? Um, but it is interesting when you look at that. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think being a doctor or a lawyer or a firefighter or a painter, those are maybe more obvious career paths. Yeah. For yeah. a kid, maybe latch on to those, right? But being an entrepreneur, I think it's a little bit more you have to discover it as you get older. And unless your parents are entrepreneurs, you maybe had certain traits, but you didn't know that that's what you wanted to do. Were there any other programs or things that you did or even just like lemonade stands when you were younger that you look back on 
that you think, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense? When I was in high school, I was entrepreneurial because I like I like I remember when I wanted to get my driver's permit and my mom was like, I'm cool with you getting it, but you have to take driving school. And by the way, like I don't have money to pay for driving school, so you're gonna have to get a job and save up some money. And then you can, you know, and then you can, you can go to driving school. And so I was like, cool, run it. And so I, my first job was at McDonald's. I was like 14 years old. Um, she kind of messed around with the paperwork a little bit to make it look like I was 15. But my mother didn't just give me things. She made me work for them. And, and I, I think that that helped me to form kind of my hustle in a way because she didn't really she kind of forced me to hustle for what I wanted. And and it wasn't, and, and even if she was going to pay for something, I had to come up with some money. That's incredible. And I'm sure that helps yeah. you a lot. Now. Super resourceful. Like if you want something, you know, you'll do whatever it takes to get there. It helped me to build that muscle of being resourceful, you know, unconsciously. I hear you. And I'm sure it's absolutely helped you now with the work you're doing with Honeypot. So After high school, after Future Business Leaders of America, you went off to Phoenix College. Can you tell me a little bit about your time there, what you majored in, and how you liked it? Well, my major was, I was was going towards a pre-med major, so I was starting there, and then I was going to transfer into university. Um, But again, you know, I just, I, I wasn't passionate about school. It just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. You know, it did. I shouldn't say that it didn't do anything for me because it did do things for me because everything that we do does stuff for us. Right. But I didn't connect to it to the point to where I was like, you know what? I want to do this for the next 10, 12 years of my life. You know what I mean? Because when you're signing up for medical school, you know, the in the way that I was doing it, because I, I didn't just go straight into university. Right. So I would have needed to do two years at at um, at community college, then do do four years with an actual pre-med program and then another four years in medical school and then another three to four years to specialize in whatever medicine I was going to choose, you know. And so when I looked at that timeline, it just didn't really appeal to me. And something told me that that wasn't what I should focus on. I thought that I wanted to do it, but I wasn't passionate about it. And like yeah. you said, too, it, it's expensive. You didn't, you yeah. always had things you wanted. And that was a lot to take on if you weren't totally yeah. set on it. Exactly. Exactly. It was really expensive. And <laughs> the way that my life was set up, taking out those types of loans would have been crazy. And then, you know, I mean, I, I just I just paid off my student loans like, what, a year ago, two years ago, a year and a half, something like that. I just now paid off my student loans, right, from all the community college that I did. So I couldn't imagine if I would have really went for it. I mean, that that it would have been astronomical. Absolutely. And were there other passions that you were exploring during that time, maybe clubs in college or other hobbies outside of schooling that you thought compared to the whole this whole doctoring thing, this is a lot more fun or I'd way rather do this? Girl, I was going to school and I was working full time. That was just what I had to do to survive, right? Because my mom told me when when I got out of high school, if I wasn't going to go to college, like I had to work. There, w- there was no other option. 
because she also wanted me to take care of myself. If I'm honest, I traveled when I, you know, when I decided to leave Phoenix, I went to live in Maryland because that's where I, that's where I was born originally in, in the DMV area. And then when I got there, you know, it just didn't pan out. So I ended up going back to Phoenix working again. I was working in pharmacy and then, um, and I knew I needed to leave Phoenix cause it just was too suburban for me. It just didn't, I just never quite connected to it, you know? And so I ended up saying, okay, wherever I get a job is where I'm going to go. And, and the choices were between Atlanta and New York. And I ended up getting a job in Atlanta. And so I moved to Atlanta. I've always had to work, you know, like my work ethic has always been super, super, super strong. I didn't really have time for hobbies and for, for things like that outside of like my, the little bit of personal life that I had because I was surviving. I think that's incredible. Would you say your work ethic has been your superpower throughout your whole journey in your 20s? Probably. Yeah. My work ethic was crazy in my 20s. I was working when I had friends that, you know, we're we're going out, we're partying, we're going to school, you know, we're we're doing all kinds of stuff like that. I I was working. I had full-time jobs sometimes, you know, especially when I moved to Atlanta. I was working two and three jobs to survive. So yeah, I, it was definitely, my twenties were, um, were interesting. I appreciate you sharing all this. Um, I'd love to know more about that first job out of school. I know you probably had a couple, but what were some of those early jobs? I know you mentioned you worked in the pharmacy world, you worked in the retail world, but I'd love to know what was that first one right out of school? Right out of school, I worked at Cigna healthcare in their pharmacy in that like their retail pharmacy and it was in Phoenix I can't remember what part of Phoenix that it was but it was in Phoenix and then I worked a few pharmacy jobs in Phoenix until I until I decided to move but that was my first job right out of high school amazing and and what did you like about the pharmacy space it's interesting knowing where you ended up with the honeypot right like you love mixing yeah. both together and so you know, I'm sure there was a bit of that interest back then as well. Yeah, I, you know, I worked in all types. I think that my, that my favorite was when I worked in a skin compounding lab. And my, that was actually one of my favorite things is compounding the skincare. It was medicated skincare, but it was just interesting. And then another job that I had when, once I moved to Atlanta I was a pharmacy technician and I, I, um, I made chemotherapy. Like I, um, I didn't make it, but I, you know, but, but I was a chemotherapy pharmacy technician. I really loved that job. You know, I hated what was happening, like the type of medicines that these patients and these humans had to take, but, you know, but a lot of them saw benefits from it, even though it was kind of rough, but it was a really beautiful experience to see people thriving, even though they were very ill. It just taught me a lot about life and death. It gave me a respect for life and it gave me a respect for being in good health. So I think that was probably by far my favorite. And I did that for a few years. That's incredible. And I think it also taught you, I imagine, the appreciation of giving good health. Exactly. Yeah, I was. And I did. Yeah. What an incredible experience. So then I know your next job, you ended up going to Whole Foods. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about what drew you to that role and how you ended up becoming a buyer for one of the biggest grocers? 
Yeah, I mean, I um, I think the thing that attracted me to Whole Foods was I didn't want to work in pharmacy anymore because I, I just, I felt like I just needed something different. And so I had a cleaning business between working in pharmacy and working at Whole Foods. And really what happened is when my, my cleaning business was so, it was, it was good. It was with my friend Tasha that I grew up with. We moved to Atlanta together. You know, it, it was, it was good. I mean, we had really built something, but what happened is I was working so much, you know, like we weren't making money unless we were working and we couldn't hire people because they didn't clean the way we did. So I was just working 12, 10, 15 hours a day, you know, and it, and it was crazy. And I, I just felt like, you know what, this is not the business model that I want to do. And so I ended up, I, I loved Whole Foods. I shopped there when I could, when I could afford it, you know, and I loved it. And, um, and I went one day and they were hiring and I, you know, and I ended up applying for the position and I got the job. And I, I loved working there because this is when Whole Foods was like, I don't want to say it was in its heyday, but it was like a culture. They really invested in their employees and they, you got a better discount if you were healthier because they would literally like test your blood and your weight and your blood pressure and all the things. They would send you on health immersions. I mean, they sent us on the Dr. McDougal health immersion. And I want to say it was like in San Francisco or something. It was like four days long. You know, you learned how to cook, how to eat, what to eat, when to eat. Um, you know, and that, that really taught me how to take care of myself in a lot of ways. They would, I mean, they, they would send you to farms to learn about herbs. You know, they would constantly, there were brands that were coming in to talk to you about their brands and what they did and why they did. It was just a really dope experience. And it gave me a lot of insight. You know, I would work with brokers. I would, I would just work with all types of people and it kind of showed me the roadmap of how to take on this healthy living lifestyle, even if I was going to just have a job, you know, it just, it just kind of taught me the game and it taught me a different way of looking at work. I actually liked working at Whole Foods, even, you know, I was still cleaning houses and I was still doing a little bit of those things on the side. I was an artist model. I did all kinds of stuff because I had to survive. Right. But I loved it because I feel like it, it just taught me so much. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible experience. And I'm sure you've taken a lot of that into what you're doing now at the Honeypot. It sounds like how they treated their employees, right? Giving them so much respect. Mm -hmm. And for all your negotiations as a buyer, I can imagine you yeah. are when you go in. So I'm sure it taught you a lot too. And, and it ignited your passion for healthy living, like you said. Mm -hmm. It did. So at this point, you're working at Whole Foods, right? You're hustling. You're nearing the end of your 20s. And then one night you have a life-changing dream. Would you mind telling me a little bit more about what happened in that dream and what followed? The dream was probably less associated with my work and all those things and more associated with, I, I had B, I had bacterial vaginosis for almost a year, right? And so, um, you know, and, I, and, and, and nothing that I did worked and, I think that I was in such a weird place in my consciousness because it's just not a good place to be. You know, you don't feel comfortable. You don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to be physical with anybody. Every time you go to the bathroom, you're smelling yourself, checking yourself. It just was uncomfortable. It was a really weird place. 
And so in a lot of ways, I'm sure that I subconsciously called on my grandmother, who is one of my ancestors, because she died when my mother was young. And, and the crazy thing is I've never really met her in this life other than, than in that moment. And, and in the dream, she handed me a piece of paper and it had a list of ingredients. And she told me that this would solve my problem that I've been dealing with, that I wasn't able to solve that, you know, and, and the gnarly thing is that I, I was having a bacterial vaginosis infection around that time, you know, and, and she made me memorize it. And I just kept repeating the ingredients over and over and over again. She told me to wake up when I woke up. I woke up literally saying those ingredients. I wrote them down. I made it because I worked at Whole Foods at the time. So it was easy for me to pull the ingredients together because everything was natural. You know, I made it within a few days, four to five days. The infection that I had literally went away. In that same moment where I noticed that I was fine, I was like, you know, this is this is my work now. Like, this is what I do. This is what I want to be when I grow up. That's incredible. And it's almost like you needed that wake up call. No pun intended. You know, because you were hustling so much, you probably didn't take that much time for yourself. You probably weren't focused on figuring out your own solution unless it was handed to you in a dream written on paper and you could just execute. And I, I can imagine that must have been really eye opening for you and maybe the only way that this could have happened because you were so busy otherwise. Yeah, but but it's actually quite the opposite. I was doing so much to try to figure out how to fix this. I was going to the doctor. I was taking medicine. I was taking baths. I was doing anything I could Google. I was going into forums. I was having conversations. Like, in addition to all the work that I was doing, to all the stress and all the cortisol I was creating, all of that was because I had this infection. I couldn't get rid of it. So, so I was doing everything that you can imagine to try to get rid of it. I mean, obviously, after that moment you had when you realized it worked, I'm sure a light bulb went off and you were so excited. Oh, and yeah. so what what was your next step? Did you know immediately you wanted to turn this into a massive business? Did you think maybe this yep. was a small project? I knew that I wanted to, I wanted it to be a massive business. I saw it. I knew it. There's never been a moment where I've questioned that. Not one. Um, I've always known that it can be incredibly big. We are the brand that encompasses Every single thing that a, that a human with a vagina will need at some point <laughs> within, you know, within their journey on this planet. Every human with a vagina may not be able to use every single one of our products, but we do make a product for every human with a vagina. That will just continue to build as years go on. I have so much innovation in me, it's ridiculous. But if you just look at where our portfolio is, even just right now, it's a pretty big portfolio. And that, and that is because there, there are many things that humans with vaginas need to take care of themselves. And Honeypot um, is willing to take on that opportunity. I know you guys have absolutely blown up the past couple years, and it's been incredible to watch. And I'm so excited to hear how you guys continue to evolve. And in keeping it really real, I know that even once you had this dream and you knew you were going to create it into a company, you still had to hustle. You still got to make ends meet. You still got to work other jobs, you know, to make that Girl. dream happen. Shit. Yeah. I mean, that that is when the hustle kicks in. Right. That is when everything that you have learned it, it that's when it's hammer time. That's when it's go time. Right. Um, You know, and, and don't think that I don't still have to hustle even in this fucking moment. You know, um, even this conversation is a part of my hustle. The hustle never, never, ever 
while you own the business, the hustle never ends. Not ever. As long as you are running the company, it I don't care how big the company is, your hustle cannot stop. Absolutely. And it gives you even more of a reason to keep fighting because now you know exactly every cent you make, you know, it's going towards helping other people, which is ultimately all we can ask for. Well, I wanted to ask you one last question. If you could say one piece of advice to every 20 something in the world, what advice would you give them? Give yourself some grace and don't make yourself suffer, especially when you're in your 20s. Hopefully you are living the most beautiful, full, amazing free life because that that's what your fucking 20s are for man just to be here you know enjoy the shit don't be too responsible you know live your life have fun travel enjoy your friends everybody is going to have moments where they're up and where they're down you're not in it alone but give yourself time give yourself grace and just enjoy it that's just such a tender time it really 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 should be enjoyed What do you do to give yourself grace in those moments where you are hustling so hard, you're pushing yourself, you have this bigger mission? What do you do? Do you have any practices that you go back to? Mm. When I'm not giving myself grace, I try to remember that I don't need to be perfect. I'm just the, you know, spiritual being having a human experience. You know, I'm doing the best that I can. And guess what? If I'm still breathing, that meant that I got another moment. If I made a mistake, I got another moment to fix it. So I I try to do those things. You don't typically learn that shit until you get older, until you realize that, like, I'm not in control of most of the shit. Yeah, absolutely. Give yourself grace, too. I think that that's so powerful. And it's, it's hard when you're hustling and it's hard when you're trying to build something impactful. Give yourself grace and be and be calm, because guess what? You don't, you don't building something powerful, even if you're just, you know, even if you're just impacting one person, that shit is powerful. It doesn't happen in a day. It could take 10 years for, for a good business to really scale. Shit just takes time, but you still have to enjoy yourself in the process. You're getting lots of words of wisdom. I so appreciate it. I'm going to switch gears now to the Q and a portion of our show. As a reminder, we'll take a few questions from the audience. See, come on up. Great. Did you always know you were going to be your own boss? How did you feel when you were working for all these different people along the way? And how did you end up being your own boss? Thank you for asking. See, I think it was a goal subconsciously because I was in like all these clubs when I was in high school, like business clubs. And, you know, I don't know if you were on earlier, but I I got like most likely to succeed. But I think that in high school, which I thought was funny, what I am trying to say is that subconsciously, I think that I did want to be in business. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been attracted to those clubs. Right. And then I remember when I used to work, I worked at at Good Samaritan Hospital and I worked with this pharmacist and she would always tell me that, um, that she just knew that there was something about me that was different. And she was like, I don't really think that you being here is your thing. Like, I think that you have something much bigger in you. There's actually several people that told me that just along my journey. And then when I started working at Whole Foods, I would like meet, I knew that I was, I had done this, a service-based business with my cleaning business. And I knew 
I knew that that wasn't the type of business that I wanted to do, but I knew that I did want to be in business, but I needed to be in a business where I can make money in my sleep. Because when I was cleaning people's houses, I wasn't making money unless I was cleaning people's houses. And so when I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do full time anymore, I said, the next business I do, I'm going to make money in my sleep. And I didn't even really knew, know what that shit meant, but I said it. And, and then I started, I, I became a buyer at the store level. And, um, and I started having to meet with brands that were either already on the shelf or they were about to be, or, you know, they were coming in to talk to us about our, about their products and what made them so cool. You know, I went to see the Gaia farms in North Carolina and I always thought that that, you know, I just thought that it was so cool, this brand and what they were doing and how they understood all the way down to the plant, where it came from, where it was sourced, how it was made. And so I, I, I got this interest and this bug in me to get into a product-based type business. And then my vagina started acting up. <laughs> and then I had that dream with my grandmother. So in a lot of ways, yes, subconsciously, and at one point consciously later on in my life, when I was in my 20s, is when I realized that business was actually what I wanted to do. I feel like, you know, what I'm doing right now is like what I was born to do. That's so powerful. And I think it just takes time. In your 20s, you're not supposed to know. You may have these subconscious feelings, but hopefully as time goes on, you can feel that assurance that you feel now in the work you're doing. So thank you, Steve, for that question. Beatrice, thank you again so much for coming on the show. It was so great having you here and hearing all about your 20s. Can you please let everyone know where they can follow you and the Honey Pot Co.? So you can follow me at I am B Dixon, B-E-A-D-I-X-O-N. Um, you can find the Honey Pot at the Honey Pot Co. on Instagram. Um, I recommend that you go to our website, thehoneypot.co or thehoneypot.com. Go to our store locator. If you want to buy products at the store, put up, put in your zip code, and then it'll show you where we are nearby. I recommend that you call the retailer to make sure they have it first. And yeah, I'm really grateful that you asked me to be on your show. And I'm really grateful to all of the humans that tuned in. I really appreciate it. And I, I do have one personal question. If you had one product that you recommend for all of us who want to try out the Honey Pot, which is the one that we should go buy? Yes. My new cucumber aloe feminine wash is my absolute favorite. All right. It's really good. Thank you so much. If you Thank guys enjoyed you. this conversation, please give us a follow over at Dear 20 Something on Instagram and subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you again, Beatrice. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Take care.